What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 18 of Two Dudes of Sports News. As always, my name is Garrett. I'm here with my co-host. What it do? What it do? This is Jalen Prince. First of all, I want to give a shout out to the big bump in downloads uh, that we've had over the last episode. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. Um, on that note, please do not forget to rate five stars, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Tell everybody, but we'll get into that at the end as well. Um, we got a bit of a packed show today. So one thing we'll get the ball rolling right out of the gate, start with basketball and let's talk about Chet Holmgren being out for the year. Yeah. Uh, end up to, uh, I think it was, um, a, a fractured foot, fractured bone in his foot. Chet Lins Frank, I think was the injury. Lance Frank injury. Um, Chet Holgram, the second overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder rookie star who has been very active in a lot of basketball activities these last few months um, outside of just the summer league. And he did show out in the summer league. Very impressive. Um, of course. The the incident actually occurred when he was trying to defend LeBron on a fast break. Ended up playing good defense, but – You know, it's basketball, it's sports, things happen like that. And, you know, foot just happened, like the injury occurred. So the question now being with the injury like that, and that's always something of concern for a lot of, like, sports fans, owners, uh, coaches, to be worried about, like, when you got some of your star players, your young talent out there constantly playing basketball, you want them to go out and work. Uh, and improve the game, but you also want them to come back healthy and in one piece. So do you see Chet Holmgren's injury affecting other NBA players that are participating in these programs? I mean, yes and no. So, I mean, my big thing for this is, yeah, it's going to affect it a little bit. Um, I think there might now be some clauses and contracts for some of these rookies coming right at the gate where they can only um, participate in maybe approved leagues or something. Maybe some of these programs start to become more affiliated with the NBA and they focus a little more on player safety. Um, I think this is a freak accident. I don't see it happening again, but it also makes me concerned that maybe this would have happened during the season anyways. And it just so happened to happen during, you know, a a match with LeBron in a basically non NBA sanctioned game. So I don't know. It, it, it might, it might change. Um, how people are going to start playing in these. Uh, but I don't think it's going to change it too much. Once is an accident. If it happens a second time, it'll definitely change it. Yeah. My feeling is like, I don't think it's going to take away for what these programs mean, not only for like a lot of the local fan bases and for the players, but also for the brand of the NBA, they're still good. And they, and also they will still help make money for the NBA. So I don't, you do wish a speedy recovery for Chet Holgram because he do, he he looked like he has some promise going into the NBA season, which starts in which training camp starts in about I want to say about two maybe three months from now. Uh, you just hate to see it, but it's sports. Some things just happen, and not much you can do but just keep moving on, uh, get healthy, and get ready to play sometime later on. So, speaking of injuries, um, let's briefly touch on uh, Brian Robinson and the unfortunate incident he was in. Uh, for those who don't know, Brian Robinson is the rookie at Alabama who was with the Washington Commanders and was recently um, shot in an armed robbery attempt. 
Thankfully, he seems to be okay. And another positive, he did make the 53-man roster. Yes, he did. And we'll get into rosters in a little bit. Um, but we do want to say, you know, again, we wish him a quick and speedy recovery. Glad that he's okay. Um, and that's definitely something awful that you never want to hear about happening. Yep. Uh, I actually talked about this on a radio show of Alabama's Tide 100.9. Um, Monday, every Monday from 6 to 7 p.m. Central. Talked about this, the injury. He was shot um, after somebody was on an attempt of robbery. And pictures got the... And, they were, and the police got pictures of the suspects, but B-Rob is doing good. Um, it wasn't life-threatening, and the reports say by both CNN and um, NFL Network that he will be able to return and play football this season. So what a blessing for both him and for his family as well. So I'm really happy about that for B-Rob. Absolutely. Well, you did mention roster cuts, and I hate to make a somewhat different pivot from there. Um, but you did mention roster cuts and trades. Um, so for those who don't know, as of recording this podcast on August 30th, basically what ended up happening is every team had to trim their rosters down to the 53-man roster. Jalen, you told me there was a name for this that you've heard uh, before the call happened. Yeah, my boss calls it Cut Tuesday. He's not wrong either. So this is where a lot of these crazy trades and cuts and everything happens. Um, I wanted to pull up some of the more surprising cuts that have happened. Some of these, a lot of them we saw coming. Some of them not so much. So, per uh, this is from Touchdown Wire um, from Doug Farrar and Mark Schofield. Basically, they wanted to talk about what they thought were some of the more surprising roster cuts. And honestly, I agree with a lot of them. Uh, OJ Howard being one, Logan Ryan, Kellen Mond surprises me a little bit, Danny Shelton surprises me, um, Sony Michelle surprises me. And then Alex Leatherwood surprises me. What doesn't surprise me was the Marlon Mack cut, which makes me think that Damien Pierce is absolutely going to be RB1 going into week one because they he's don't got, have anybody else on the roster. Reports are to show like he's going to be RB1. Oh, absolutely. They just confirmed everything we were thinking about. And then Chris Streveler from the Jets, who was basically the, the preseason god. Uh, and then little Jordan Humphrey from New England. That surprised me because there was a lot of hype going around him this year. Uh, leading up into you know the regular season, and then Taco Charlton, uh, who's bounced around a little bit, the former Michigan uh, edge rusher, who just got cut from the Saints. And I mean that I mean those are some of the surprising ones. Now the trade, I mean, any things that you want to add to that or take away from that? Uh, I just did I just did a report on the story with Alex Leatherwood, uh, NFL Network insider uh, Tom Pe- um, Pelissero. Pelissero uh, tweeted uh, tweeted out that Leatherwood got released. He was the one that broke the news on that one. But mm-hmm. also, both him and Ian Rapp report reported that the Raiders were trying to trade him. Mind you, he was the fir- he was the Raiders' first overall pick, uh, well, seventeenth overall pick in the twenty twenty one NFL draft. Yep. Um, a lot of people, even going back to that draft, thought it was a reach. I always thought Leatherwood could play if he's in the right system. Uh, there was a lot of things that he needed to work on as an offensive lineman. Even though like he came in with a lot of awards, there were still some things that he was lacking, especially being at that height. And it showed. Um, and But like if you go on Rap Report's uh, Twitter feed, you'll, go, you'll say that they were trying to trade him, but they got 32 no's. And, you know, that stings uh, for pride as a player, but, like, Alex, he's going to bounce back. 
The dude has been a warrior uh, pretty much his whole entire career playing football, and I think he's going to find a new home. But if you look at the numbers from last season, it was just uh, it wasn't he struggled. It wasn't that it was not good. He was second and he was second among office alignments last year in sacks allowed. And he was eighth among office alignments in penalties with 14 penalties allowed, 14 penalties called by him. And I was worried about that when I when I first saw him play. It was like uh, he had to find a way to cut down the penalties because a lot of Raiders fans had their eye on him for a lot. And they thought they shouldn't have drafted him. They thought it was another reach. And by the looks of it, for as far as with the Raiders, they might have been right. A lot of the players that were picked during that Gruden era, there's a good bit of them who were reaches, and Leatherwood was one of those guys. Leatherwood was never going to be a bad prospect, but the issue is he was just too raw as an O-lineman prospect. And he didn't he was forced in the spotlight very, very early, and it was trial by fire. And sometimes, you know you succeed and that pressure turns you into a diamond and sometimes the pressure crushes you. So unfortunately he didn't get to, you know, succeed to the level. I, I know he thought he could succeed at. So hopefully it all works out for him. I think the only reason why there were 31 no's on a trade was because, you know, if they're asking for a trade, there's a solid chance that they're going to cut him. He's going to get picked up by a team. I'm not worried about that. I think he'll be fine. Um, now, as for a couple trades, that surprised me. Uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to the Eagles surprised yeah. the crap out of me. That was a great trade. I think the Eagles just get better and better. It, it, it's better for the Eagles, but he, here's my thing. Um, who is Chauncey, Chauncey Gardner going to tick off in the NFC East to get them suspended? Because that's one dude that knows how to take somebody off to the point like they want to fight him or literally want to beat him up on on on, on the field. I, I don't I don't get what does he say? What does he do to tick off so many NFL players to get them to fight him on the field? He's just good at it, man. I love it. And you need that as a player. You need that as a guy who can just get into somebody's head. You need that game changer who is. You know, you need a, a prime. You need a, a – we always come back to prime. You need a guy who can hold their own and trash talk. But, pr- but prime was never – but here's the thing, and people get this misconstrued with prime. He was never a trash talker. He never talked bad about other players. He always talked how great he was. No, and that's true. That's true. I guess by what I mean by that is you need somebody who could, you know, hold their own in the trash talk. like it. Now, Richard Sherman, that was a different story. Richard Sherman yes. was that guy. Jalen Ramsey's that guy. Um, guys of that ilk. Well, it, it, you need somebody who can take away that, that, ben, or take away that mental fortitude in that game. Um, and I, I don't want to liken the NFL to the NBA too much, but you look at guys who, you know, Larry Bird was infamous for it, and he would always get in guys' heads. Kobe had a great one too. He had the Amon Shumpert trash talk, which is still one of my his trash talk. I feel like gets overlooked a little bit. Just to go on a brief tangent here, like when he trash talked Luis Scola in Spanish was hilarious. Um, what he said to Amon Shumpert when Amon was having a good game and, you know, third quarter rolls around and Kobe looks up and goes, hey, man, you had a good game. He's like, we still got a whole quarter left. What are you talking about? And Kobe shut him down. It's trash talk is one thing. Being able to back it up is another. And honestly. God, I missed a mumble. Yes, we do. Um, but Chauncey, it, he has backed up his talk with his play. Has he done it all the time? No. But he's backed up his talk with his play, and it's going to be – fun to watch him in Philly 
Because I feel like Philly is going to feed off of that. I think it's going to be a fun, fun time to watch him with that team. Now, the other trade that surprised me um, a little bit was, honestly, the Jags trading uh, Visca to the Carolina Panthers. Yep, you got to talk, yep, talk about that. How do you feel? I've always loved LaVisca. Always. I've always thought he was going to be, he was really going to break out. Um, he's a Debo Samuel type player. I just, it, he wasn't producing and I wish him nothing but success. I think he's going to be a fantastic backup plan for the inevitable injury of Christian McCaffrey this year, which I hope I'm wrong about. I don't want to ever see anybody injured, but McCaffrey has been hurt for what the last three years now. Yep. So I think that's a safe bet for the Panthers. They gave us a six and a seventh round pick, which I feel like we got screwed for. But also, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I hope I hope LaVisca succeeds. I wish him nothing but the best, and I really hope it works out for him. Yep. But those, definitely do. Yeah, and I mean, those, I mean, those are just some of my surprises with this offseason with the roster cuts. I mean, the Jags cut a lot of players. Um, some of them I didn't really expect. Some of them I did. Uh, but I don't want to get too into that because we still got a, a good chunk of show to get through. But yeah, we'll see how the team goes. I I trust. Um, I don't trust Balky yet, but I do trust Peterson. So I think that we made. A, I hope we made the right decision, and we'll see what happens, man. Yep, we'll see. What about you? Seahawks make any crazy decisions or no? Uh, uh, nothing from as far as what cuts. Everything is going in order as far as to their plan. Um, you know, Tank just for quarterback. They won't say it. I'm hoping that we would. <laughs> But I just want – I'm ready to get week one underway. I'm ready to go ahead and get the the Monday night matchup against Russell and the Broncos out the way. Of course. Uh, I'm just ready to – yeah, I'm just ready to get that stuff out the way. Week one, let's ride. Um, but I do want to see <laughs> – the one signing that surprised me a little bit, and I feel like it might backfire, just the Jimmy Garoppolo re-signing, the restructure. I get it. I really do. I get the restructure. I get keeping him on for a year on the off chance that Trey Lance either A, gets hurt, or B, doesn't succeed. The issue I have with it is you've said that Trey is the guy. You've said he's that dude. you said he's the quarterback. But the issue is now you've decided to keep the guy who he took the job from, which in some cases is going to undermine his confidence because what do we always say about quarterbacks? If you have two quarterbacks, how many quarterbacks? You have none. Exactly. So I'm concerned that this will be a situation. He's going to keep looking over his shoulder. I hope that he doesn't do that because Trey Lance is fun to watch. I want him to succeed. But we'll see how that goes. Jalen, I know earlier in this week you reached out to me about uh, you want to talk about the Hall of Fame. So what do you want to get into? Okay. we were Earlier we were talking about primetime Deion Sanders, uh, Hall of Fame of of class of – trying to think. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers won that Super Bowl back in 20 – what 2010? I think 2010. I think they won. So yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say 2010. Um, he made a comment about a couple of about possibly about a month ago, where he talked about the Hall of Fame is not the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is a place where people that change the game, were for people that change the game, were for people that either change the game or dominate the game. And I totally agree with that. That's what the Hall of Fame should be. And a lot of people, again, when a big-name person 
makes a big comment, they're going to think it's going to be a shot to somebody else. And they thought he was referring to like guys like Eli Mann, whether they, like those guys belong in the Hall of Fame. To me, the Hall of Fame is a place, it should be a place where guys change the game or dominate the game for a long time. But now all of a sudden it's been like a free-for-all where basically anybody who's had a good career, uh, and we're talking about a good long career that's been in the league for a long time, gets in, gets in by default. And I see what you're saying. I, I, I disagree with, and I, I and I agree with that. And because like when you think of Hall, and so like he was talking about how yeah, if they get into the Hall of Fame, then him and a couple of other guys that are that dudes. They need to have a different color shirt, a different color jacket, because they need to be a Hall of Fame and a Hall of Game, or just like there needs to be an upper room, because that's who he was. And Prime had every right to say what he had to say because he was there, and he's always been that guy that speaks his mind and his heart. He's always yeah. been that guy. But most importantly, he is that guy, and he got yeah. the numbers, the accolades. He got all of that to prove it. And all the people that want those shots said, Prime didn't tackle. He didn't need to. Shaq didn't make free throws. He didn't need to. No. Some people are that good. They don't need to do those little things that everybody else got to do because they ain't everybody else. No, you find your niche and you build from that. And he had a million other niches. Everybody want to go through that one. Yep. But Prime, he was accurate on what he said. The Hall of Fame is just not the Hall of Fame anymore. It's basically free for all. I get it. They're trying to fit a number. But I'm fine with the Hall of Fame if you only got five people that like actually have earned and deserve to be in there. Fine, let it be five. Leave it at that. I agree, disagree with some of that. Um, that actually does bring me back to when Tony Baselli did get into the Hall of Fame. He didn't have a long career, but he absolutely dominated when he was in the league. So, and I'm not just saying that as a Jags fan, I say this as a football fan. You have a guy who wasn't. You know, one of he, he wasn't in the league forever, but as a left tackle, he was a absolute centerpiece in that early Jaguars offensive line. Now, the person who called him out was Bruce Smith. Now, the old Bills uh, defensive lineman. Now, what cracked me up with that was Jaguars Twitter is undefeated. Um, the team might be defeated, but our Jaguars Twitter is completely undefeated. Uh, what everybody started to do was they pulled up the highlights of the last the last and only time Bruce Smith played Tony Vaselli. And Tony Vaselli absolutely bodied that man. All right. All right. Let me ask you this. Because here's the thing. Hmm. Every position is going to be just different in the Hall of Fame. Mind of course. you, again, to our audience, we're amateurs. We're not in the Hall of Fame. We go off by stuff that we, uh, that we hear from other people that either talk about the Hall of Fame, that are former NFL players, people that are like trying to get in the Hall of Fame, we go off that and we give our opinions on that. Don't shoot us. Actually, go ahead and try to shoot. I actually like being trolled. That's just me. Um, <laughs> here, here's my whole thing. Judging by the uh, judging by the description in which Prime gives, which I feel like is the most accurate of what the Hall of Fame should be, because the MLB has surpassed the NFL as far as like what what a Hall of Fame is. Now, a lot of people mm -hmm. want to question about Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. The NFL, is, the NFL, or any Hall of Fame is going to judge what you do on the field and off the field. 
course. And it's hard to get in. And then it's a little bit it's starting to, it's starting to be like the NBA. It's easy to get in. But I don't think it's go ahead, sorry. But to go along with that, he won't call no names. I am. I don't think Eli Man is a Hall of Famer. No. He's gonna get in. I don't think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. He's gonna get in. I, quarterback, quarterback, I don't think Matt Ryan or Stafford are Hall of Famers. They're gonna get in. I think the quarterback only- quarterback is such the is one of the most heavy critiqued positions in the game of sports, not just football, but in the game of sports. Yep. It's easier to ju- it's easier to judge a running back. It's easier to judge a receiver, an offensive lineman, a defensive back, a linebacker, a, de- a defensive tackle. We already know Aaron Donald's going to uh, going to the Hall of Fame. A kicker, Justin Tucker, that's solidified. That's easier to judge. A quarterback, you look. That's in a bit bigger and different microscope. And if we go by who changed the game and who dominated the game throughout the whole entirety, there's a lot of guys that are being taught and they got the numbers, but they ain't really that dude. They've never been that dude, but they're gonna get in. Yeah. Now, what I do definitely... you disagree with? So some of those guys you mentioned, I this might just me being a little petty. Some of those guys you mentioned definitely have a better case than others. Guys like Stafford and Rivers have a better case than guys like Ryan or Manning. Um, What's the case for Stafford and Rivers? Rivers definitely is one of the more stat successful quarterbacks. Yep. He's a statistically he's fantastic. Yep. But when you look at the wins and Super Bowls and stuff like that, that's and where it starts awards. to come into question. And the awards is where it starts to come into question. When you look at guys like Stafford. Stafford, statistically, and it, by no fault of his own. Statistically and in what he does in the clutch, because I give him credit, he is a clutch quarterback. Yeah, Stafford I could make the argument for. Even in Detroit, where he was still throwing for 4,500 yards in a season with no help. Um, he outside of, Even when Megatron wasn't there, he was still doing 4,500 yards in a season with no help. True, and, so, I give, true and I give him that. But, dog, we talking Hall of Fame. We ain't talking, no, about, I understand. Like, we ain't talking about Ring of Honor. We, we're not talking about that. No, we're I talking about saying. the hall. Of, we're talking about the Hall of Fame, and the dude's gonna have the numbers. Now he got the Super Bowl ring, but let, let's re- ask this question: hmm. At any point in Matt Stafford's career, was he the best quarterback in this division? I have to go back and look at it. It was um, he ever the best quarterback in the NFL? No, he wasn't. He was never the best quarterback in the NFL, and he was he, never the best quarterback in his division. And we're talking all, about any mm-hmm. hesitation. A lot of people kind of skip Bayless on a lot of things, but one thing I will give him credit for is this. He said, if you got to – he said, and this makes sense. If you got to – when it comes to the Hall of Fame, if you got to think about it, if you have to hesitate, it's a no. The only reason I hesitate about him being the best quarterback in his division is I'd have to go – he's been in the league for a minute, so I'd have to go back and look at all the other quarterbacks in the division. I'm sure there's been a season or two, but I – I can't say with 100% certainty. What I can say with 100% certainty is he has always been one of the top 10 quarterbacks in this league. That's not the question, though. No, I know. I know it's not the question. Because look at this. Brady's always been the best quarterback in his division. Heck, he came into Drew Brees' division and was the best, and was the best quarterback in the division. He's always been the best. Aaron Rodgers has always been the best. Patrick Mahomes has been the best. Josh Allen and, Matt, and Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson has been the best in his division for a long period of time. They at some at, at Russell Wilson was the best quarter um, has, has been in the best quarterback in the in the NFC West 
for a long period of, uh, for a long period of time. All right, I'll let you have it. What I will go say, shoot, ain't no let me have it. Go, <laughs> like, go look at the numbers. <laughs> if we had and time, then you got a lot of young, and then you got a lot, a lot of young guys. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is this: the numbers are there, and they're gonna help you get in because we're in this new we're in this new era as far as like how do you get into something that's always been hard to get into? Because now it's just about being nice and not hurting feelings. I'm not about that. I'm good at taking people off. Yes and no, because some of these players who are getting in absolutely deserve it. But there, I do agree, there are going to be some people, and there have been some people who have gotten in that could have definitely. Now, the Eli Manning case, that thing is going to go 50 50 both ways. Yeah. The thing that they're going to stick, the things that a lot of Eli Manning um, fans and supporters are going to like stick to is we beat Brady twice in the Super Bowl. That is a fact. It did happen. Won't take it away. But look at him the rest of the seasons. You got to look at you got to look at it the whole on the whole entirety. You cannot tell the story of the NFL without telling the story about Eli Manning because Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, but he lost to Eli Manning twice in the Super Bowl. That is a fact. We understand that. Now, the one thing I will say that we have to look into But you can't just look at one thing because this is a quarterback position. You look at everything in totality. Everything. You also have to look into supporting casts, and some of these guys have definitely had a supporting cast. Dog. And some of these guys have had better help than other I, players. I understand. I understand that, and I'm not negating that. But I also understand this. Look, life ain't fair. Life ain't always sugar uh, like sugar cookies. Life ain't always sweet. I agree. Some things are hard, and you got to make do uh, make do what you got, even though it ain't fair. But his thing, fair is a place where you get funnel cake, ride rise, and like and pay for in, um pay for very in, in, inexpensive food. Life ain't fair. Gotta work. Gotta got, got, got work. You either in a good situation or you're bad. And if you're in a bad situation, find a way to get out. I hear you. But I get it. It was a different era. Eli Manning is a champion. Not taking that away. He like he's all like he's done good in the playoffs for a long period of time. But then there've been too many drops where he did and where he was not able to get back into the playoffs. Yeah, I'll give you that. Now, it, I trust me. I, I will take pot shots at Eli Manning all day. I'm now, not taking will, a pot shot. I'm just state, I'm just gonna state the facts as far as like what what he's done in his career. We're always gonna stick. We're always gonna stick with like he beat Brady twice. I completely yeah. understand that it did happen. Will, is he gonna get in? Of course, because he's a Manning and he did that. He's gonna get in. But is he a Hall of Fame? Be like getting into the Hall of Fame is one thing. Being a Hall of Famer is an entirely different one. Just like I said, there needs to be a Hall of a Hall of Fame and a Hall of Game. Quote Prime. Well, speaking of prime, uh, we definitely want to bring attention to the issue happening in Jackson, Mississippi right now. Uh, Due to a lot of crazy storms that have been going through the southeast, um, per CNN, uh, recent torrential rain coupled with with years of water system issues have resulted in a crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. For those who don't know, that's where Jackson State is, where the city doesn't have enough water to fight fires, flush toilets, or even hand out to residents in need. Uh, in regards to that, they're talking about how they had 700 cases of water bottles to hand out to residents uh, today, and it they didn't make it more than two hours. Uh, they ran out, and they couldn't give water to everybody. So it's there's a huge water crisis going on right now in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, the National Guard is there with crews and everything as well. They are trying to fix this issue, but right now it's definitely something that I feel like needs to get more attention. One of the missions that Prime... That coach, that coach Prime, Deion Sanders, 
constantly mentioned about when he arrived at Jackson State. He always felt like he was called to do something bigger than what bigger than what he is. And this is one of those things. He knows this. He's on a mission to fix this and help not only the people of Jackson State University, but the people of Jackson, Mississippi. Heck, he heck he feels like he's called he's called on to help almost anybody that he could possibly can. And I'm completely with him. I'm hoping that like they're able to get the support. I'm hoping that like the water's gonna get turned on. I'm hoping this thing's gonna be fixed. So prayers go out to that. Um, prayers go out to the Jackson, unlike Jackson, Mississippi community. Prayers go out to like uh, Coach Prime and the effort being put in to be able to get on um, like you know fix this whole crisis. Absolutely. If we have any listeners in Jackson, Mississippi, there should be. If you go on the JacksonMississippi.gov, they have water distribution sites that are pretty well updated. Um, it's it's just a, a tragic thing that's happening, and we just we hope it gets fixed soon. Yes, sir. Now we're gonna make a slight pivot. We've had a lot of weird pivots today. Um, <laughs> let's go into and close out our bold prediction NFL series that we've been doing for the last couple weeks. For yep. those who don't know, go back and listen to the last couple episodes. Um, what we've done, Jalen and myself, is uh, we had the idea to go and break down each division yep. and give some bold predictions that we found and are hearing about, and give our thoughts on that. The first you one, know, the first one we did was the AFC West and the AFC North. Those were the first ones that we did. Now we're into the last few, the last two AFC divisions. We have the NFC North and the NFC South to close out this four-week series. Yes, sir. So, Jalen, ready to hop into it? Let's go. All right, big man, let's do it. So let's start with the Chicago Bears, potentially no longer the Chicago Bears anymore. Um, but pause, we'll, that, pause that real quick. I mean, I, I gotta give Justin, I gotta give Justin Fields a lot of credit. Do look good in the preseason in his last preseason. Gotta give credit to the offensive line. He did not get killed, but then again, it is the preseason. So hopefully, I'm just praying that Justin Fields is gonna be able to survive. And I'm not just saying that because I drafted him on my fantasy team earlier today. <laughs> I want the man to be able to survive. The dude's a Georgia kid. He's a like he's a he's a wonderful human being. I want and the Joker can ball. I want to yeah. I want to see. I just want to see the Joker. I want to see him survive, and I want him to ball out. I agree. Go on. Well, we will get into that in a second. Um, and that is the second bold prediction for the Chicago Bears. Uh, bold prediction number one. And to break down exactly what we do for this, we give our takes in the bold prediction. We see if they're gonna do what they say is going to happen, or if they're not going to say what's happened, then we look at their schedule, and then we decide if they're either going to make this schedule prediction, beat the predicted schedule, or do worse than the predicted uh, outcome. So Chicago Bears, number one, offensive line creeps back towards average. Uh, just Number two, Justin Fields drags a team to a respectable record. And number three, the team trades away two players before the deadline. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, yes, yes. Across the board. I, that's simple. Fields, Actually, like, I'm going to disagree with the last one. I'm going to say they trade three. That's not too bad. I it, it's definitely. I think they definitely trade. At I least say two. they'll trade three and a, and a few draft picks. I think they could trade at least two. I don't see. I don't see them. Uh, it, it, they're they're still not in a spot where they can do what they need to do. Yep. So what I think will happen. Uh, I 100% agree that Fields looked better this preseason. I think the old line looked a lot better. I don't think that they're going to be. You know the best team in the division, but I think they're going to do well. So if you look at the bears, uh, what does help them is they have the fourth easiest schedule in the league. Uh, Sports illustrated has them at a predicted record of seven and 10. 
Jalen, you think they're going to make that? You think they're going to break that? You think they're going to not even get close to it? Believe it or not, I do think they're going to reach 7 and 10. I think they're going to get a lot of upset wins, a lot of big wins within their division. Um, mm-hmm. I think they can still, with Devontae Adams gone and a lot of uh, Zadarius Smith is gone, now the Packers defense is still going to be looking good, but I can see the Bears pulling off a lot of a lot of big wins. I think they could get one game against the Packers. Um, yeah. yeah, I can see it. Seven and seven I, and ten is accurate. I think they get the Packers early, so they play the Packers in Week Two, and I do think that is where the Bears can take at? it. Uh, it is. Ooh, no, it's at Green Bay. Maybe not. No, 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 no. Remember, uh, like even though they're not gonna have him this this year, this season, Jakeen Grant. Uh, remember, he did have that uh, kick return for a touchdown. That's true. We'll see. I think the their chance of splitting with the Packers is if they beat them in week two. Um, they're going to – 49ers will be interesting. That's going to be the early Trey Lance. They could definitely beat the Packers. They will beat the Giants. They will beat the Texans. I think they'll split with Minnesota, and I think that they will split with Detroit. So I think there's going to be – there's going to be a lot of splits going on. Uh, I'll predict it now. I don't think a single NFC team wins both games. Okay. NFC North team. I don't think a single NFC North team wins both games in the division. I think they all split. Okay. Um, welcome to the relevancy of the NFC East and the AFC South. Okay. We're welcome to have you. Um, I think that, yeah, I, I definitely think that looking at these games, there might be a sleeper game in here. or not. Honestly, not too many sleeper games. I definitely think – I think they go eight and nine. Okay. I, I think they beat it by one game. Okay. I'm, go, I'm going seven. I'm going 17, but – you know, anything can happen. Let's move yeah. on. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's keep it up. Obviously, keep it up north. Detroit Lions. Uh, shout out to Hard Knocks and that incredible speech. I've enjoyed. I've, been, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed Hard Knocks so far. I've been like, loving it. What are the bold predictions? All right. Lions make the playoffs. No. No. Absolutely not. They're going to. They'll, cl- they'll be close, but no. Op- offensive line ranks top five. I can see that. I. You- Let's see. You got a good you got a good center. You got a good left tackle. Um, not top go. five, but might be top ten. You got honestly, their O line I think could do it. Um, I think they, I definitely think they can do it. Um, I don't think they're a playoff team. I don't think they're there yet. I think they have a lot of pieces around them. And let's do the last prediction as well before we get too far into it. Defense still ranks bottom five. Absolutely. Yeah. There are not enough pieces around that defense to unless be Je- unless Jeff Okuda is able to step up and be the first round pick that they thought he was going to be. I don't see it now. Aiden Hutchinson is going to be an early defensive player and uh, defensive uh, defensive rookie of the year candidate. Yep. So I, I definitely think that could happen. Now Sports Illustrated has them at eight and nine, uh, and their strength of schedule is the fifth easiest schedule. I think that's the only thing that plays in their favor. They have a lot of pieces. I, I, I can see. I see eight and nine. I can see that. What about you? You think eight and nine? I can see it. Yeah, I can. I, I think they hit eight and nine. If we look at their schedule again, I think they all split. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anything too crazy. There's going to be a, a fun game in Jacksonville. Uh, Jaguars go up to Detroit in September, or December. Uh, that's going to be the DJ Chark revenge game. But yeah, I mean, looking at their schedule, I don't think there's anything too crazy, uh, but I could definitely see them matching that eight nine record. I think they hit that one right on the head. All right. Now on to everybody's favorite NFC North team, the Packers. Yep. So 
They think that, A, number one, Romeo Dobbs is going to be the team's number one receiver by November. Yep. Yes, I, I could definitely see that. It's him or Alan Lazard. It's one of the two. Yep. Um, or, uh, Watson is going to be more of a burner, but I don't think he's the number one receiver. He'll be like a number two or number three. Yep. Uh, this will be the best defense Aaron Rodgers has played with. I- yes. Not, yeah. okay, okay, not ever, not ever, not ever, not ever. No, the, I don't know about ever. Because the best defense he ever played with got him, got him help, helped him get a Super Bowl. Absolutely. So, I don't think it's going to be the best one he's ever played sense. with. It will definitely be – this will be a good defense this year. This will be a very good defense this year. I don't, but, no, I, I don't think it's the best defense he's ever played with. So, we'll see. Uh, they say the defense will allow the lowest passer rating to opposing quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't know. I don't know. I love Jair, and he's coming back because he pretty much missed all of last season. Um, and if you look at his last full season, he was one of the best corners in the game or the best corner in the game. I think he'll do just fine. I don't think they have the lowest passer rating. I'll give him top three. I don't know who's going to have the lowest, but I'll definitely give him top three. What about you? You think they have the lowest passer rating in NFL quarterbacks? What were the, what, what were the last two bowl predictions? Aaron Rodgers, best defense Aaron Rodgers plays with, lowest okay. pass rating allowed to opposing NFL quarterbacks. Uh, the last, the second one I don't agree with. Um, and the third one, nah, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with that. They got one of the top secondaries in the league, and uh, they still got uh, Preston Smith and Rashad Gary, who improved tremendously. Um, they also got De- uh, Devontae. They also drafted Devontae Wyatt, a Georgia Bulldog defensive tackle, part of that like r- that national championship defense that they had alongside Kenny Clark. So they'll mm-hmm. be able to get some pressure. And Devondre Campbell's nothing to sleep with as far as the linebacker position in coverage. Uh, I can I can see it. They'll be top five as far as like lowest passer rating. I agree. Um, let's look at the. Vikings to close it out. Oh, well, let's look at the records real quick. They say Packers are going eleven and six. You think they? Yeah, nailed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, yeah. They're, gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna have some bad. They're gonna have some very, very bad losses, and that's gonna hurt because uh, even though Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, this mm-hmm. is gonna be the first one that's, that he's gonna have that he's not gonna have a number one receiver off the rip. That's true, and what does help him is if you look at their strength of schedule, they are right in the middle of the road. Like, think, like let's go, let's go back to he had Jordy Nelson and Randy Cobb they were in their prime, and that young Devontae Adams alongside the white. And Devontae Adams was breeding into a number one before he actually go ahead and took the keys and was end up being that dude. Nobody yeah. else was being bred like that, unless you want to consider Alan Lazard. But outside of, outside of that, and if you don't consider that, they don't have nobody else to be the number one guy. So this is the first time where. You don't like Aaron Rodgers knows, but like the public doesn't know who is the number one guy, who's going to be the number one target to it. Now he is going to get Robert Tunyon back, but yep. there's only so much he's going to do, especially recovering from um, from the torn ACL. Definitely, they're gonna now, have they're gonna have some bad losses. Oh, for sure. There, that'll be an it. Green Bay is always a fun team to watch. Yep. Now let's hop over to the last NFC North team real quick. Let's hop in with the Minnesota Vikings. So if you look at the Vikings. Their three bold predictions for the season are, number one, Justin Jefferson will lead the league in targets and yards. Yes. Yeah. The only one who I think could beat it is going to be Cooper Cup. Yep, and also I need him to. Yeah. <laughs> he took him right before I could, man. Oh, man. So I think Jefferson could definitely he, – he will lead the league in targets and yards. Um, the only reason why I don't think Cooper Cup does it this year 
is because A, he's going to be drawing a whole lot of double coverages, and B, Stafford's elbow is apparently not 100%. So I think they're but passing I, it. I don't the think that's going to affect Matthew Stafford that much. I just don't see Cooper Cup leading the league in, in receiving yards. I, I'm going Devontae Adams only because he's with, like, you saw what Jamar Chase has done with his old college uh, college uh, quarterback. You're seeing mm-hmm. what uh, a lot of guys are doing like that. I think Derek Carr is going to get that. Uh, he's he going to throw that thing to Devontae, and Devontae is going to get the separation regardless of any any system that he's in. So I, I'm going Devon, I'm going Devontae Adams. The only hesitation I have with Devontae is that Raiders' O-line is not good. So we'll see how that goes. But all right, second bowl prediction. Vikings defense will be a top 10 defense. No. I think the only thing Their that's going to secondary, hold it gives me cause to pause, even though they got Harrison Smith. Patrick Peterson's not uh, not prime Patrick Peterson. No. Eric Kendricks is still good. Um, You still got Daniel they, Hunter. I understand that. But outside of that, who else you got? They did double down on uh, defensive backs. They also signed uh, – Zedaria Smith. You got to remember that. Zedaria Smith is now in Minnesota. I thought it was in Buffalo. Um, not Buffalo. Baltimore. No, nah, Zedaria Smith is in. Uh, oh, that joker switched his location so many so many times. Yes, he did. Zedaria Smith is in Minnesota, I believe. Um, and defensively in the draft, they took Andrew Booth Jr. and Lewis Sain. Or Sain. However you pronounce it. Lewis, I apologize. <laughs> but yep. the defense Minnesota. is going to be better. Yeah, they de- the defense is going to be better. I don't think they'll be a top 10. I think they just miss it by one or two uh, teams. I don't see it being a top 10 defense, but they will definitely be a, a vast improvement. Uh, number three, Kirk Cousins regresses in PFF grade from a year ago. Absolutely. Kirk Cousins, I've never been a fan of Kirk Cousins. A lot of things think, think is Kirk Cousins hate, but dog, he is not that dude. So, yeah, he I'm is the going to uh, – He of mid. <laughs> he is the epitome I'm of a going to serviceable a, quarterback. Uh, great. Yes, he is a serviceable quarterback, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, their record is predicted to be 11-6, and six, and they actually have uh, – Green Bay and Minnesota have roughly the same strength of schedule. So I think they could do it. Um the thing that's going to be interesting, uh, what does help is nine of the first 15 games are at home. And one of the quote-unquote road games is in London. So that'll be a neutral site. So I'm not too worried about that. Um, what will be interesting, though, is, again, to see how they pan out. They have a new head coach. Uh, I think it's Kevin O'Connell. Vikings are going to be interesting to watch this year. If Dalvin Cook stays healthy, which I hope he does, um, I need him to stay healthy for my fancy football reasons. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely think they could do it. Vikings, I think, can go eleven and six as well. All right. What about you? You think they do it? I think they do it. I think I can see. Even though we just got done talking about Kirk Cousins and whatnot, um, right now they got the best offense in the division at the moment. Yeah, the most balanced, at least. They got the most balanced because you still got Dalvin Cook. You got a, like a, an improving offensive line. You got a good tight end. You got. One, great got, wide receivers. You got a, you great wide receivers. One of them's a top five receiver in this league currently. Um, you got all that. The only thing that is you, you still have to like stand back and be alarming about is Kirk Cousins because again, Aaron Rodgers is still in that division. Um, 
I'm still going to go with the Packers because my philosophy still stands. And who's ever the best quarterback in the division wins the division. I'm sticking with Aaron Rodgers. I'll give you that. All right, well, let's take it down to the NFC South to round up this whole series. Sure. Um, Desmond Ritter for the – we'll start with the Atlanta Falcons. Yep. Desmond Ritter is started by midseason. I yep. can see that. Yep. I can see that, absolutely. Yep. There's been a lot yep. of hype. A lot of the fans are actually getting pretty excited about Ritter and just the job he's done in the preseason. A lot he of looked people, good. He looked good, and he showed up in crunch moments. He's able to, like, throw on the run, and that's big. So, Yeah, I think good. he can do it. So that's number one. Number two. Atlanta's offense will rank or ranks in the top half the season. Yeah, top I can half. See is, that. Top half is good. Yeah, top. Drake yeah. London, if he comes into his own, Kyle yeah. Pitts has been dominating. Cordero Patterson looked great. More, uh, Kyle Pitts give more than one touchdown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With an actual quarterback, I think it'll work. Um, shout out to the Matt Ryan is elite crowd. Um, now number three, the defense will be one of the worst in the NFL. Uh yeah. Yeah, I think they improved by a little bit, but not by much. Yeah, I, they're a bottom. They're a bottom ten defense this year. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Now, if you look at their record, they say that they will go seven and ten, and they actually have the tenth or eleventh hardest schedule. So they do have a bit of a harder schedule, and for a team that is coming off of a awful season and is basically rebuilding, I could see. I, I, I can see seven and ten. I give him six and eleven or seven and ten, right around that point. I don't um, see him winning too much more. I, I'm gonna go. Si- I'm gonna. I'm gonna hope for. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I'm. I'm gonna go six. Six and six, eleven. Or six eleven. Six and, I, I think that's pretty six fair. Six and eleven. You gotta go ahead. They're not beating the Bucks. They're not beating the Bucks no time soon. They'll no. get. They'll squeak one game past the Saints. They'll. And then the pack. Then the Panthers. They'll, they'll split with the Panthers. They'll, they'll split with the Panthers. Well, let's actually look at the Panthers. So they say Baker Mayfield, who is now the starter, and yep. uh, he, looked good. he looked good and is apparently going to beat the F out of the Browns in week one, which I'm excited to see. Um, Baker Mayfield earns a PFF grade of 80 plus. I can see that. I can see that. Um, I, he, that. I think he's going to be very efficient. You got DJ Moore, you got um, Robbie Anderson, even though Robbie didn't want him, but Christian McCaffrey's back. Uh, they still got the uh, Chuba Hubbard. Um, yeah, I think it's gonna be. Yeah, I think uh, that that's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carolina makes a wild card push. I can see that. Yeah. Um, they got Stephon Gilmore. Um, J.C. Horn should be healthy again. Baker Mayfield's playing. Who got Stephon Gilmore? Panthers. No, they don't. Gilmore's they an They stay. Didn't they? They had him I'm last year. My mind. That's right. I'm losing my mind. So, sorry. Uh, they don't have Stephon Gilmore anymore. My apologies. Um, but Carolina making a wild card push, I could definitely see. Yeah, I could see um, it. I, I could they'll, see it. They'll make, they'll make the push. If they don't make a wild card push this year, then Matt Rule's gone. There's my bold prediction. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Anderson doubles his production from last season. I could absolutely see that. Because yeah, they didn't yeah, have a quarterback yeah. last year. So, he did – Robbie Anderson had a disastrous 2021 season, seeing over 100 targets but managing just 519 receiving yards. I think he could break 1,000 yards with Baker at quarterback. Yeah, I can see it. I can absolutely see that. Now let's look at the record. Uh, Panthers go 6-11. and 11. Uh, No. No. I can see 8-9, no. 9-8. I, I could see. I could definitely see 9-8. and eight. The thing that helps the Panthers too 
is they have the 14th easiest schedule. So again, right in the middle of the road, nothing too crazy. Um, I think it's definitely going to help, especially with the team drastically improving. So I, I can definitely see nine and eight. And I think that'll be good enough to make a wild card push in the NFC. Now let's look at the Saints. Number one, Saints ranked top 10 in passing and receiving yards. Only if Michael Thomas comes back. Uh, I'm going to say yes. Because here's the thing. As much as we joke on Jameis Winston, the dude will throw the thing and he will take some chances. He will be tops in yardage. He's going to do that. The turnovers has always been the problem. So, again, to be determined. So, I'm going to go yes. <laughs> I'll give you that. I give you top ten. I think it's I think it's number ten. But I'll give him top ten, especially if Michael Thomas comes back. And plus, like here's the thing: Jameis Winston, like Sean Payton, balanced Jameis Winston out, and yeah. he was gonna have a career year, as far yep. as like as far as wins go. But Sean Payton's not there no more. They got a new coach, so you know we'll see. Yeah, number two, no starter on the defense earns a PFF grade below sixty. I can see that. I definitely can see that. I can definitely see that. I mean, the Saints' defense is one of the strongest. That it's been a long time. There's not a single bad pick around on the board. Not to mention the I mean, safety. The safety unit is deep and it's talented. Their whole defense is deep. That's the Saints' defense is definitely going to be fantastic this year. I agree. I don't see it earns a PFF grade below sixty. There's no way. Uh, and then the offensive line will rank in the bottom third of the league. No. Yes. Mm, I say yes. They don't have Teron Armstead. I understand that, but it still got. They still got Pete. They still got uh the, the dude on the other side. Um. And Alvin Kamara Kamar is going to bail out the offensive line a lot. So I'm going to say they're not going to be bottom. I think they're going to be mid. Well, bottom third is just bottom 10. And I'm saying they're going to be mid. All right. I'll give them bottom 10. I, I think I think this is true. Now, if we look at their record, they have um, – Sports Illustrated has a prediction of 11-6 and six for the Saints, and that helps because they have the nine easiest schedule. Now – I give ten and seven. I don't see eleven and six. I'll go ten and seven. I, I can definitely go ten and seven. Um, now let's look at Tampa Bay or Tampa Bay. Uh, Tom they Brady's say, back. yes, sir. Forty-five-year-old uh, Tom Brady leads the league in yards and PFF grades again. Yep. I think it's hard not to. Uh, with you want to talk about? We talked about earlier. You, you got talk the about we- weapons he got around the, you. He got the weapons around him. Um, he. The, I think this is gonna. One thing I will say, this will be the most challenging football season that he's had in a, that he's going to have in a long time, and not on the field. This one's going to be all the field, mm-hmm. because there have been some reports. There's been some like type of change in his nature. There have been like a lot of like celebrity magazine to- on topics about those two, about both him and his wife Giselle. We're not going to mm-hmm. get into personal issues, but I think no. this might be one of the most challenging challenging like football season that he's had in a long time so I definitely could be. he's gonna get it he's gonna handle his business he's an ultimate pro but it's gonna be a challenge it'll definitely be an interesting season but he got um, the weapon. he got the weapons and not to mention I, I i like one of my bold predictions julio jones gonna get like get like a, a revival yep so that's actually that does come up in here so it'll say the bucks will field a top five rank offensive line which yeah i could see that I think they'll have a fantastic O-line this year, as usual. And then uh, Julio Jones will have the best PFF grade in the receiving core. I could see that. I, I still got my – I still – either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. The reason why I think he has the best PFF grade in the receiving core is I don't think Julio is going to be a starter. 
I think he's going to be on the field for certain situations. Okay, so you're saying like for like low targets and low catches, it's going to help his grade go up. Absolutely. Okay, I can see this. I don't see him. So if you look at uh, last season with the Titans, uh, he had less than 400 snaps and only 31 catches. But Ryan he still had a set. Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. Oh, of course. Um, but he still earned a solid enough PFF grade with a 74.2. Ryan Tannehill was the quarterback. I understand. But if you can do that with Tannehill on limited snaps, imagine what you can do with Brady on limited snaps. And once again, the key word, Ryan Tannehill was still his quarterback. Absolutely. So let's get into the record. They say the Bucks go 12 and 5, and they have the seventh easiest schedule in the league. I, I can see 12 and 5. They're going to win the division, y'all. Without a doubt, I see twelve and five. No questions asked. They get that. They get that division. They find a way. Yeah. They find a way to beat the Saints multiple times because of defense. Dennis Allen and that defense has given Tom Brady and the Bucks some trouble. But with the load, with the amount of weapons that they got coming back, Brady's on a mission. Um, yeah, I'm going. Uh, yeah, they're gonna get it. Uh, what was uh, what were all the three predictions? Um, it's gonna be Brady uh, leads the league and. Passing yards and it's the best PFF grade. Uh, Buccaneers field the best offensive line, and then Julio Jones uh, has the best PFF grade for a wide receiver on the team. Bucks not gonna have the best offensive line because they're because um, remember Ryan Jensen's is out. That's true, but I still think they'll do just fine. I think they could do it. So we'll see. But, yeah, man, let's close out the show with some good old-fashioned college football predictions. Ladies and gentlemen, college football is back. And week one, last week was week zero. We're in week one, and I am absolutely thrilled. Jalen, what do you think? Uh, what, what? Give me some predictions. What are you thinking? First, I'm going to start with our teams. Georgia Southern is going to improve this year. They will not be la- – uh, they were picked – uh, and a lot of Sunbelt media to be the last team in the Eastern Division. They will not be the last team in the Eastern Division. I'm not picking them to win the East, but they will not be last. I, I, I'm picking them to like have a bounce-back season. They'll be mm-hmm. third in the Eastern Division, and there will be a bowl team this year for Georgia Southern. Absolutely. Alabama, Alabama we're coming for everybody's head. <laughs> we're coming for everybody's head. Last year wasn't a rebuilding year. And like not for the common folk, because like a lot of common and like a lot of people that are fans of teams that are not Alabama, they're not held to the same standard that we are held to it. And like whether people want to think that's ignorant or annoying, it's a fact because that's how we hold it. Even if you get to a championship, if you do not win it, it is a failure. That's the identity as far as with Alabama on that one. We will be back. We will compete hard. This is a much better team. Last year was a reloading year. And a, mm-hmm. rebu- and a rebuilding year because you have to rebuild the mentality of the team and the culture that Bama has inst- installed since 09. So, Bama's going to be back. They're going to handle their business. They're going to beat off all the, all the distractions. We are like, yeah, roll tide. Gators are going to look good, man. I think Florida comes back uh, and definitely I picked Okay, so in my radio station's – um weekly poll y'all were one of the big games that we had to select and i'm picking your gators to beat utah where's Absolutely. that game? where's that game at anyway in the swamp okay y'all gotta beat utah absolutely and i mean i think gators are definitely are, are we the best team in the east no but i do think we contend for that spot again 
I think that Billy Napier starts to really turn this team around. I think Anthony Richardson takes the next step as a quarterback. We're returning a bunch of running backs, wide receivers. We did just get a big transfer. Um, I think that the offense is going to start to come into its own. The defense looks great. We got a lot of good talent coming in. I think that we are definitely contending for the East again. Um, do I think we win it? I hope so. Um, but <laughs> I hope so. But until we can beat Georgia, we will not win the AFC, or AFC, SEC East. So, But I definitely think Florida, Florida beats Utah. Um, Alabama comes out screaming, and Georgia Southern, I agree. I think Georgia Southern is one of the best teams in, this, um, in the Sun Belt this year. So, And I do think we contend for a bowl game. All right, well, we are running short on time, so we want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us uh, for the last almost hour. If you liked it, tell everybody you know. Uh, tell everybody you know. Tell them to listen to another sports podcast that they definitely need in their life. And if you didn't like it, it's never happened. I can't give you back the hour of your life. Jalen can't either. But we do appreciate you trying to give I us a shot. I wouldn't even if I could. <laughs> we appreciate the listen. If you liked it again, not only don't – or. Don't just only tell your friends, give us five stars, feed the algorithm gods, really move us up these charts and, you know, keep getting us in front of the listeners and keep, you know, growing this podcast and sharing it with the people you like. Uh, check us out on Facebook. We're at Two Dudes of Sports News on Facebook. Uh, I'm at the G Goldman on Twitter. And I am at the Prince Bo- and the Prince Boy 52, Boy Spelt with a I, uh, Boy Spelt with an I on Twitter. And once again, thank you. Thank you for listening. And as always, we will see you next time. Peace.